key lecture, Love Sickness Between Medicine, Philosophy and Theology in Islam. Hinrich Biesterfeld is Professor of Islamic Studies, Ruhr-Universität Bochum, and has published on various aspects of medical history and has a particular interest in love sickness. His respondents are Dr. Kuasim, a retired Muslim psychiatrist, and Dr. Athar Yawa, a psychiatrist who has worked with survivors of torture and as an editor of The Lancet. He is doing a PhD in Sufi healing of mental illness in the departments of psychiatry and anthropology at UCL. A couple of words about our next speaker, Professor Arabic, uh, University of Bochum. Um, Henrik has um, written, has published on several different aspects that touch on Islamic medicine. Um, most people uh, are probably historians are familiar with his edition and translation of Jalen's treatise on uh, the faculties of the soul follow on the mixtures of the body, obviously much related to the problem of, of um, the effect of, of inter interactions of soul and body. Uh, and indeed, uh, he will be addressing the issue of whether mental illness is the domain of the philosopher or the uh, physician, amongst other things in this paper. Um, <coughs> so um, if everyone has the handout now, why don't we turn over Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the invitation. I just learned this expression. Is it herding cats? <laughs> <laughs> so nice. It's, uh, I was a very obedient cat. The moment um, uh, I got Daniel's email whether I would like to attend the conference, I started to purr. Reservations. <laughs> 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 Yeah, you have here a little uh, brief version of um, things I'm going to tell you and a few relevant uh, book and article titles. So um, my talk is on love sickness, uh, principally, and um, situated between uh, uh, physicians philosophers and uh, theologians. Excessive love between man and woman, or between man and boy, or between man and God is a subject of great importance in Arabic, Persian, Ottoman, etc. poetry, in Sufi thought, in classical Islamic theology, but also in medicine and philosophy. Throughout the formative uh, centuries of Islam, we can observe a certain tension between medicine, um, philosophy, and theology over whose domain the human soul should be, its well-being, its maladies, and its final destination. Love sickness, its causes, its symptoms, and who should be its therapist, physician, or philosopher <coughs> is a marginal battlefield between medicine and philosophy. The rivalry between the two fields is one that dates back to Hellenistic antiquity, whereas philosophy downgraded medicine uh, to a mere craft, Greek techne, uh, Arabic sunar, whose subject matter and methods are contingent, not subject to proof. 
most medical authors, prominently Galen, uh, in his small treatise, uh, famous uh, small treatise, that the excellent physician should also be a philosopher, uh, claim scientific status for their field and philosophical competence for themselves. Conversely, by the way, we notice a number of Alexandrian and Islamic uh, philosophers who take an interest in medicine, who use medical subjects to discuss philosophical matters, and who are authors in both fields. Think of Abu Bakr al-Razi and famously Avicenna, and uh, for discussions of this personal union philosopher-physician, um, uh, see the uh, studies by, for instance, Westering or van der Eyck. The human soul and proper care for mental health, the philosophers maintained, belong into their domain. Into their domain. An early example of the physician's counterclaim is a treatise already mentioned by uh, Daniel, uh, by Ubaidallah ibn Jibril ibn Bakhti Shor, this long-lived uh, dynasty of uh, physicians uh, at the Abbasid court in Baghdad. This specific Ubaidallah died in uh, 1058, Christian era, and his uh, uh, title, his uh, work bears the uh, elaborate title that it is imperative for the physician uh, to study the mental phenomena. I think it's al-ahdath al-nafsaniya, and to view love as an illness. In this context, passionate love, the general uh, uh, term in Arabic is ishq, as all of you know, most of you know, <laughs> is viewed as an illness on the borderline uh, between body and soul. Its somatic origins are either a surplus of sperm or an excess of burnt, is the expression, burnt blood, which changes into black bile, and in an interaction, <coughs> an interaction with mental processes leads to a pathological preoccupation with the beloved. Both the humoral explanation and the symptoms of a person afflicted by love sickness display clear parallels to patients who suffer from melancholy whose condition is seen as dominated by burnt black and yellow uh, bile, which interact maliciously and whose principal symptoms are restlessness, insomnia, loss of appetite, paleness, uh, impaired reasoning, and even madness that may lead to suicide. Ibn Bakhtishur um, <coughs> offers a cornucopia of uh, quotations from classical authors, among them uh, Plato's Politeia and his Timaeus. Uh, uh, in his Timaeus, we have uh, uh, this theory of, the, of an excess of unreleased sperm which leads to pathological love. And then Aristotle and the so-called Problemata Physica um, ascribed to him, and indirectly Rufus of Ephesus, who as you know, is unanimously praised, foremost by Galen, um, as the leading authority on melancholy, and whose fragments, mostly preserved in Arabic, have recently been collected, translated, and commented upon by Peter Pormann, accompanied by a number of essays on Rufus's uh, scholarly and societal um, context. Another source of Ibn Bakhtishur is the rich gnomological uh, tradition 
uh, as received, reshuffled, and enriched in Arabic, to name just two examples. We have little snippets of question-answer uh, type of information on uh, love sickness. Socrates was asked, what is passionate love? And he answered, the movement of the soul, harakat nafs, when it is idle and does not reflect. And Aristotle was asked, what is passionate love? He answered, an excess of concern and a victory for desire, which by necessity leads to capture by the beloved. Another prominent source of uh, Ibn Bakhtishur's uh, is uh, Galen's treatise, just uh, quoted uh, by Emily, um, uh, that the faculties of the soul follow the, the mixtures of the body. Ibn Bakhtishur, as well as earlier and later authors on melancholy, like Ishaq ibn Imran, in his Maqala fil Malanchulia, and Ibn al-Jazar in his Zad al-Musafir, Sustenance of the Traveler, uh, eagerly make use of Galen's argument that the mental dispositions and maladies um, uh, may be cured by the appropriate diet or change of climate, etc. Since they are influenced uh, by um, external <coughs> factors like food, drink, uh, climate, and so on. Therapy of love sickness consists in restoring balance, a central word uh, in, uh, in humor pathology, mesotes in, in Greek. Excuse my German Greek accent. <laughs> I don't know how to translate, how you pronounce it here. Uh, in Arabic, e'atidal. Um, as, and uh, both by persuasion, uh, teaching to exercise the right habits, hexis, habitus, and prescribing the appropriate medical regimen. The medical discourse on love sickness stresses two ideas, its physical aspects and the physician's right and duty to study and treat the patient's body and soul. For other examples uh, of the medical discourse of love sickness, you might study a work by a student of Al-Kindi, Abu Zaid al-Balhi, called On the Welfare of Body and Soul, Masaleh al-Abdan wal-Anfus, uh, recently edited in Cairo, which stresses the mutual influence of physical and mental health and disease. Abu Zaid names in particular excessive fear, grief, and what he calls wasawis asadr, not anafs, but asadr, uh, foul whisperings of the, <laughs> of, the, uh, of, the, of the breast, actually, meaning, of course, of the heart or the, or the soul. Um, and he talks about the beneficial and noxious effects of music on the soul of a lover. And you might finally look at a succinct uh, a presentation of the causes and symptoms of the malady of love, studied by Dimitri Gutas and myself quite a number of years ago. This piece is interesting because it exists in various literary forms, among them in a question-and-answer setting, and uh, has made its way into quite diverse contexts. Ibn Dawood al-Isfahani's famous Kitab al-Zahra, Ibn Abi Usaybiya's biographical collection of, uh, of physicians, gnomological collections, Into the Pious and the Other Traditions, Ibn al-Jawzi's Dham al-Hawa, about which in, in ten minutes, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziya's Raudat al-Muhibbin, Ala'adin 
uh, Moraltai's famous biographical dictionary of the martyrs of love, um, and um, into Adailami's famous Kitab Atf al-Alif al-Ma'luf al-Lam al-Martuf. Lovely title. This piece is also significant uh, because it uh, A, shows all the traditional um, elements and sources which I have indicated, Rufus indirectly, Galen directly, the Problemata Physica, and B, because it displays the elements of fiction, of literary cliché that are linked to virtually all disquisitions on the malady of love, or for that matter, of melancholy. Let me just quote a few uh, passages to show you uh, these elements. And I quote from the particularly uh, amusing, so-called, we, we called it the dramatized version uh, of, of, the, uh, um, uh, of the piece. Uh, it begins as follows. It is mentioned in one of the books of the ancients that the pupils of Aristotle assembled before him one day. Aristotle said to them, while I was standing on a hill, um, I saw a youth standing on a terrace roof reciting a poem which said, whoever dies of love, let him die so. There is no good in love without death. Then Zosimus, his pupil, all of this uh, pseudo-epigraphic, Zosimus, his pupil, said, Tell us, Master, about the nature of love and the desire which is born from it. Aristotle said, Love is a desire which is born in the heart. Once it is born, it moves and then it grows and develops. When it has developed, elements of avidity gather towards it. Whenever it gains in strength in the innermost heart, the lover becomes more agitated and persistent, relentless in his desire, obsessed with his wishes, and avid in his search. Until all this leads him to disquieting grief, continuous insomnia, infatuation, sorrows, depression, brooding, loss of appetite, impaired reasoning. As Aristotle was asked about the reason why love causes impaired reasoning, he said, the reason for this is the desiccation of the brain, breathlessness, disconsolateness, and extreme confusion. Then Humus said to him, Explain to us, Master, why the desiccation of the brain occurs and why it causes impaired reasoning. He said, this is because relentless desire burns the blood, and when the blood burns, it changes into black bile. When black bile gains in strength, it creates a disposition for excessive thinking, and when one's thoughts are preoccupied with finding means for something unattainable, despite directing all his endeavors in wishing to do so, then heat flares up, the yellow bile is inflamed, and then it burns. When the yellow bile burns, it turns murky and disintegrates. At that time, it mixes with the black bile, becoming its fuel, and the black bile thus gains in strength, and so on. It goes on for quite um, some, a number of uh, paragraphs uh, in this uh, strange mixture of... Um, uh, of uh, um, a physiological description uh, and speculation, of course. Let's face it. <laughs> to be sure, this text um, 
is, um, is of probably late Alexandrian origin, is a literary adaptation of medical arguments. It never, or almost never, entered the mainstream of Greek or Arabic medical literature. But it remains the most systematic and detailed account of the malady of love given in humoral medicine. Now, in its philosophical context, passionate love is a predominantly ethical or metaphysical issue. Philosophers, physicians like uh, um, Abu Bakr al-Razi in his Kitab al-Hawi Fitib and Avicenna in his Qanun treat mental diseases, among them ishq, well, not, not Avicenna, uh, Al-Majusi is the first um, who, uh, who discusses Ishq, and I think he even blames Aristotle for leaving out uh, love sickness from his uh, kanun. Um, at any rate, uh, Ar-Razi um, in, his, in his Hawi um, uh, discuss love sickness at the beginning of their works because uh, they follow Galen in situating mental activities in the brain, not as we've heard um, right now in this piece um, uh, in, the, in the heart um, according to Aristotle um, and because they treat such diseases that are linked to one particular part of the body from as you know head to toe a capita at calcem as a philosopher Avicenna for instance in his Risala Filaishq <coughs> follows a different direction he focuses on the platonic aspects of the human soul, the tumoides, epitumeticon, and the logisticon, in Arabic, uh, shahwani, ghadabi, and uh, natik, or fikri, with terminological uh, variations, um, and sees harmony, <coughs> mental order, not in a categorical suppression of the lower, the animal aspects of the soul, but in their use for the human soul's quest for perfection. <clears throat> Human love is seen as a beginning of an incentive for attaining complete purification towards God. Passionate love is redirected towards the abstract true one, al-wahid, al-haq. Ishq becomes, in the words of uh, uh, Muhammad Akun in his uh, little article in the uh, second edition of the Encyclopedia of Islam, um, intellectualized and domesticated. It became, I quote from Akun's article, um, the spontaneous, lucid, and methodical stretching out towards supreme happiness, asada al-Qusua, uh, which for the intellect freed from the illusions of knowledge transmitted through the senses, takes on the meaning of the pure good, al-khair al-mahd. The more the wise man advances in his passionate quest for the true one, the more he feels growing within within him the ineffable ineffable joy and absolute pleasure which are secured through the contemplation of the perfection and the beauty of the necessary being. As for the ideal love between human beings, we might study Miskaway's ethics, the Tahzib al-Akhlaq, whose fifth chapter treats love and friendship. Miskaway's main distinction between true and pathological love refers to the concepts of identity <coughs> or similarity of motives. And, even more important, 
of external pleasure versus the good in itself. Ideal love between human beings is, I'm quoting uh, Miskaway in the translation of his editor and translator, uh, Zuraik, uh, human beings, uh, uh, love between human beings is um, real love between, true love between human beings is not motivated by any external pleasure or any benefit but is due to their essential similarity, namely in aiming in, at what is good and seeking virtue. End of quote. The love which is caused by pleasure is the kind that is established quickly and dissolves quickly because pleasure itself, as we have explained already, changes quickly. The love which is caused by the good is the kind that is, is, that is established quickly but dissolves slowly. The love which is caused by the useful uh, is the kind that is established slowly but dissolves quickly. And finally, the love which is caused by the composite, if this composite includes the good, is the kind that is established slowly and dissolves slowly. So these are interesting, an interesting classification of forecasts uh, for love stories. All of these kinds of love occur distinctly among human beings because they involve, involve will and deliberation and lead to requital and reward. As you see in Miskaway's fairly representative analysis of love, the choice of the right way of love is a matter of deliberation, of free will, of responsibility, and quite distant from Ibn Bakhtishu's a description of the dramatic um, account of the Alexandrian Anonymous. In uh, Miskaway's, or more so in Avicenna's analysis, and even more so in, um, uh, Islamic, with Islamic philosophers in the Neoplatonic tradition, we notice a constant regard of a transcendental principle ruling the process of love, the good or God. It is true that Miskaway allows for the temperaments to influence the process and the excessive development of love. He writes, these temperaments are many in number. If there are among them any which are related, to, uh, uh, related by a proportion of harmony, a numerical or a geomet geometrical proportion, various forms of similarity occur among them. But if the opposites of these proportion, proportions occur, discordance takes place. These proportions have <coughs> opposites which are explained and clearly demonstrated in the art of arithmetic um, and um, geometry. The temperaments which are based on these proportions and the knowledge of them are hidden from us and difficult to seek, although some people claim to have attained them. With some people in the words of uh, Miskaway, uh, he may well mean physicians of the type of Ibn Bakhtishu with an assumed uh, competence in regulating the temperaments. Miskaway and his colleagues um, um, are quite uh, skeptical in this respect. He would maintain that excessive love is a result of ignorance of the good, and it is thus a purely mental disease and to be treated, if at all, by the philosopher. A third context 
uh, in which passionate love is treated is that of religion. One important issue, and one that is far too vast <coughs> and complex to be discussed in this brief overview, is the loving believer's union with God in Sufism, whose antisocial, selfish, and pathological excesses were frequently censured by Sunni authors. Another central issue addressed by mostly Hanbalite uh, authors in the, is the censure, censure of passion by the Zam al-Hawa, um, the works of Ibn al-Jawzi, uh, who died in uh, 1200 or 1201, Ibn Taymiyyah, died 1328, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, who died in 1350, and the, 11th cent uh, uh, the 17th century scholar Mar'i Ibn Yusuf al-Karmi, or Karami, uh, with his Mundat al muhibbin uh, were analyzed in Joseph Bell's study. You have it um, in the title list, in the short title list I gave you in the handout. The title of <coughs> theory in later Hanbalite Islam, published in 1979, and um, Ibn al-Jawzi's Adham al-Hawa is the subject of Stefan Leder's dissertation from the year uh, 1984. Ibn al-Jawzi's work exercised considerable influence on later works, not only the ones named a minute ago, but also the widely read um, encyclopedia Nihayat al-Arab by the Egyptian scholar An-Nuwayri, uh, died 1332, and from there uh, further on into other works uh, of, of a more general encyclopedic character. Zam al-Hawa is divided, uh, Ibn al-Jawzi's Zam al-Hawa is divided into 50 chapters of varying length. Its general outline can be reduced to three main headings. First, <coughs> the moral uh, elements, the moral makeup of man. Central concepts of his are uh, aql, intellect, hawa, passion, jihad, anafs, the strife uh, um, against the sensual or carnal aspects of the soul. Sabr, steadfastness, and uh, Qalb, heart. This is part one. Part two would be uh, an enumeration of the main vices and virtues. He has a long, uh, um, a long uh, section, including ten no less than ten chapters, on mother, on glancing, a theme dear to all writers on uh, love. A, a glances between lover and, and beloved. Um, you have it prominently also in in Hazm in Imam uh, Hazm's Taukal Hamama, his uh, anthology on love. Maybe you will talk about this. Oh, sure. <laughs> 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 the fashionable term for mama would be the gaze. Everyone writes on the gaze these days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, even Hazen even differentiates <coughs> between uh, between uh, glances and gazes, and he has, a, I mean, he has all kinds of uh, stealthy and not so stealthy looks. <laughs> the third and last uh, big chunk of um, uh, of Ibn Al Jawzi's um, work is on Aish, prominently the nature of love, the causes of love, the censure of love, central of course the reward of the lover who conceals his passion and remains, remains chaste, the evil consequences of passionate love, 
ten chapters, chapters again. And uh, lastly, Remedia Amoris. In his chapter on the censure of passionate love, Ibn al-Jawzi remarks that some authorities deem rishq as a praiseworthy condition because it can proceed only from a delicate nature and because so long as it is not excessive, it clarifies the reason and the mind. Others, Ibn al-Jawzi says, blame ishq because it imprisons the lover and makes a slave of him. In his view, in Ibn al-Jawzi's uh, view, mahabba and wad or wadud, um, affection, um, together with an inclination towards the beautiful and suitable, uh, are not to be censured since they are natural. He, uh, he calls them tabi'i in mankind. But, I quote um, verbatim, but uh, ishq, which exceeds the limit of mere inclination and normal love, and by possessing the reason causes its victim <coughs> to act unwisely, is blameworthy and ought to be avoided by the prudent. End of quote. After this admonition, Ibn al-Jawzi goes into a discussion of the relation between love and pleasure. Love. According to him, ishq always leads to pain, since <coughs> even when satisfied, it must end in separation, and even when the fear of God causes the lover to abstain from immoral acts, this abstinence in itself constitutes a kind of punishment. The first and foremost counsel Ibn al-Jawzi offers to is uh, to avoid the causes of passionate love altogether. As remedia amoris, when it has occurred, Ibn al-Jawzi uh, differentiates between ilaj al-zahir and ilaj al-batin, uh, let's say, physical and spiritual uh, therapy. The patient, he says, specifically, should um, exploit various means of increasing the humidity of the body. Remember, we had uh, this short passage about, I think, even twice, but the desiccation of the, of the, of the brain occurring in, in, in uh, lovers, excessive lovers. Um, so they should increase the humidity of the body, um, and they should smell violets and ninufars. I don't know how to pronounce this. Um, it's, a, it's an Egyptian plant, ninufar. Danke. Mm -hmm. um, they should take short <coughs> baths they should sleep long hours they should eat moist food food, and uh, should uh, gaze at clear water in verdant gardens also he should make a point of listening to and telling humorous anecdotes a cure which refers to the uh, I think to the definition of love as a condition of the idle or empty uh, mind. Well, it must be said that Ibn al-Jawzi's work is less systematic and moralistic than this brief outline suggests. It is full of uh, stories. Uh, Stefan Leder uh, has admirably uh, analyzed the Akbar uh, character, uh, character, the, the, uh, the story-telling character, and the uh, different origins of the stories. Um, and um, he makes use of the elements of both Adab literature, um, as in Ibn Hazm's brilliant Tawq al-Hamama, 
and the uh, medical discourse, the, uh, the, the whole um, range of uh, descriptions um, of the outward appearance of the lover um, returns in uh, Ibn al-Jawzi's work as well. In conclusion, uh, it should be stressed that in classical Islam, the medical, philosophical, and religious interpretations of lovesickness existed side by side. It's not a succession of uh, discourses, but they, they um, uh, must have existed side by side and even partially overlapped, as I just said. The attractiveness of this specific condition for belletre and poetry gave considerable uh, prominence to this theme. Thus, we have ample evidence for it, more fictitious, I'm afraid, uh, than real, perhaps not fictitious, but highly stylized, and we find, as in many domains of Islamic culture, a wide variety and even contradictoriness of explanations of its causes, symptoms, and cures. Thank you. I'd like to ask them to, uh, each one consecutively, I should say, to introduce themselves. I'm Dr. Kassim. Yes. And uh, my name is David Respondent. So, actually, thank you very much for a very excellent account of what you've said. And I must commend you for your excellent pronunciation of Arab names. Astaghfirullah. Ah. <laughs> 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 Obviously, it's a subject issue, particularly which has been described as love sickness, uh, has had basically, as you have said quite rightly, what is the, indeed the intense preoccupation of love, of wanting to unite with God, the unity with God, before the Sufi way. And therefore, whole groups of different kinds of Sufis, Sufis with different methods, uh, taught you how, not the prescription, how to achieve that particular goal that you can unite. Uh, when finally God and achieve that ultimate love. <clears throat> the other love was, so this kind of love was really love of suffering. You, you've got to suffer to achieve that beauty. The other love was love of pleasure, where for fellow being, another woman or another boy or whatever, that was love of pleasure. And part of the ish which every sinner described, the case which you sent to us, that uh, somebody who was deeply and intensely in love and was sick with it with all the symptoms that we have described. Uh, regrettably, it was, I think it's in context of particular culture at the time, it was talking about the unattainable, but not only unattainable, unspeakable. If you love some woman, you cannot mention her name, you cannot say anything, you dare not say, you've got to keep it inside you. So you've got to go on and on and on, thinking intensely and worrying, Till this preoccupation becomes an overvalued idea which then dominates your entire life. And this, in a way, was the treatment which Avicenna gave, and obviously was feeling about the pulse, how to find out where the location of the lady was, <laughs> which town, which city, which place, which locality, and every time his pulse went up. I think we got this psychogalvanic reflexes <laughs> partly doing that now, which Avicenna was doing with the pulse. But this love of pleasure, or ishq, which was of that intensity, was one aspect of love. 
I think these concepts have gone on right from the beginning. I mean, the, even the Greek concept of eros was the love of God, and philia was the love of fellow beings, love of pleasure and love of suffering. So I can add very little to what you have said, except that I have now been educated more now than I was before. Thank you.